in our daily life, we really are in a fast pace and we are really used to just solve things, participate in endless meetings, going through overwhelming <laughs> inboxes. And yes. now that is really replaced with time for reflection. And I think that can really be a time to find new creative solutions and, well, to completely new problems, problems yeah. we didn't even know that we were facing. And we need to make sure to use this time. Hey, my name is Innocent Mugenga, and you're listening to the Learnability Podcast. An exploration of how society interacts with technology and you. In these COVID-19 quarantine days, we have launched a concept called A Pod A Day, where we aim to release a pod a day, a podcast a day. And that's work days, so that's five podcasts a week. We'll be talking to different people, reflecting on certain questions or concepts, and trying to stay in touch with you. So for that, we would like to get more of your questions in to the podcast. Visit learnability.online and you'll simply find where you can contribute with your questions or thoughts. Please do. Now, on to the episode. My name is Tuan. I'm the CEO of A House. I'm also the mother of a 15 months year, a 15 months old baby, and I'm a dedicated skier. Haven't been skiing for a long time now, so I'm oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I love skiing. Have you ever competed? No, no, not at all. But I used to work in the in the French Alps, so I um, I, I like. In these days, I, I really think a lot about what what makes me happy. And I realize that this sense that you get when you're out in the nature, skiing on the other side of the mountain with a, a strong sense of adrenaline, but also oh, yes. a strong sense of freedom. That's really pure happiness. As I get it, I also enjoy being out in the nature. And uh, as I get it with skiing, it's like you're engulfed in the nature or in the environment you're in yeah. at the moment. Yeah. I'm not that good at skiing myself, but no, no. <laughs> I like nature and would like to learn. Yes. And uh, I think that's uh, really the, the, the impact that nature has on us is really immense. It's really overwhelming. But of course, with a small kid at home, it's a little bit harder to go skiing. It's tricky, of course. Yeah. But I do a lot of yoga instead. Also practicing uh, mindfulness and just uh, shutting off for a little while. And you do that at home by yourself? No, I go to the studio. Yoga Shakti. Okay. It's a great oh, yeah. studio at Sadamam. I love them. It's so personal. They really have this uh, sense of community and uh, yoga vibe that I just love. Yes. I didn't know that was your place. It's actually mine as well. Really? The, yeah, I go to the ones with Shai. Oh, yeah, at Maria Torget. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to go a lot to Maria Torget, but now since I live closer to the other one, I go to that one. Oh, nice. All I right. That. Yeah, I love that place. Yeah, Shai. I love Shai. He's amazing. You mentioned that you worked in the Alps. I know you've worked a lot within the service. Yeah. And could you tell us a little bit about that and also more about A-House? Yeah. 
So um, I used to work uh, charter uh, for Langley. That's a Scandinavian tour operator. Um, and uh, I was based at, in Corsica and also in the French Alps. Um, was really, I, I went straight from uh, graduation uh, from high school and uh, I could work as much as I wanted. It was amazing. Oh and yeah, and traveling also, as well. And go traveling, seeing something else. I've always uh, been very curious about other cultures. I also lived for a while in Argentina, in Peru, in Switzerland. And I just really didn't think that I would end up in Stockholm for such a long time as I, as I now have. But I uh, then moved back to Stockholm after a couple of years and I started working at Lidmar. Uh, Lidmar Hotel, that's a really well-known hotel in Stockholm. Really nice hotel. A really nice, uh, elegant hotel. They have, yes. um, uh, they live after the device of, uh, uh, what is it they say? Uh, relaxed elegancy, I think. Mm. Uh, and I think that was really the vibe there. Everyone were, all of the staff, everyone in the staff was, um, really allowed to be themselves and to, uh, be personal, have their own uh, style, um, and also uh, treating guests in a very familiar way. And I loved that. That was very a contrast to to working shorter because there you really need to, there's so much stuff. So you you are really in need of uh, a lot of rules and, and uh, oh, yeah. a structure, which is amazing as well in another way, but you don't really get that kind of um, personality that we could achieve at Lidmar. It really sounds like two totally different types of service. Still service in center, but two different ways of doing it. So of course, those two, I really, I learned a lot from the both ways and applied uh, at A-House because I started, uh, well, I'm one of the co-founders of A-House and partner. And um, when we started out in uh, for about four years ago, of course, uh, uh, I, I brought with me a lot from both Lidmar and from my time in the Alps. So what was the, the thought? Actually, I haven't asked you this. What was the thought when you started A-House and how has it evolved today? Well, when we started A-House, uh, there were not a lot of co-working spaces in Stockholm at all. So we had really, it was hard for us in the beginning to explain what we were doing. We tried all sorts yeah. of things, a platform, <laughs> a hub, a meeting space, uh, you name it. And also we, we had uh, already from the beginning, it was a little bit hard for us to actually say that we were starting a co-working space because... Uh, we was wanted to start the platform for collaboration and for engaging um, creative industries and to be really be um, a melting pot for for collaboration or, or where we could cultivate curiosity and provoke new ways of thinking. Sounds like a lot of facilitation a involved in that. A lot of facilitation. Yes. It's a constant work, really, to engage uh, a community, of course. I love it. It's, it's so rewarding, but at the same time, super hard. And yes. I think that the co-working, uh, co-working is all about that. Uh, but at the same time, with so many opening up, so many co-working spaces, uh, of course, you lo- lose a little bit of the soul of it, I think, in my opinion. 
And we really want to keep that soul, keep it small, keep it personal. Uh, And of course, that at the same time, um, as we create this community, we are also aiming towards being a destination because co-working is one part or, um, or a workspace or whatever you want to call it. Then we yeah. also have event venues and a lot of events taking place that are in our space and in the house. A lot of different cool events. Exactly. And that's so much of what we do. It's been really in our DNA from the beginning. When we started, we really wanted to, uh, people to get that feeling of knocking at the closed door, coming into something that I couldn't really imagine before they entered and oh, yeah. uh, building some kind of uh, mystery. Or um, um, Is it like? An untangible vibe, sort of, within the building, yeah? Yeah, thank you. That was a good way to put it, definitely. It feels like the building itself really helps a lot, being a a really different type of architecture. For sure, the building helps a lot. Uh, The building itself uh, is the former school of architecture in Stockholm, and of course, the building re- already has an identity. Yeah. We didn't really have to create an identity because it already had oh, yeah. uh, this really strong uh, vibe. So what we needed to create on top of that identity was, of course, the community. Yes. A new kind of community and a community for creative industries. And I really like how you've gotten it all together, how different sized companies fit in the building. Like we're 50 people at least in our space. And there's some spaces that look like ours. And then you have the uh, solo entrepreneurs, you have the freelance workers, and it's all combined with events and different happenings and really great activities to bring us all together, both physically and digitally. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to... This is yeah, really sorry. a time also to uh, to engage virtually as well. Uh, yes, I was leading on to that. <laughs> How have yeah, you managed yeah. being a physical co-working space with so much emphasis on service and community yeah. and, and belonging, as you mentioned? How has this affected you and what are you working on right now to uh, combat these times we're in when everything needs to go remote? Yeah, a moment yeah i mean what we do is really the physical beating what we have always done is that what we really that we what we really excel in is the physical meeting so this is of course extremely challenging for us but also good i mean this is a really an opportunity for us to uh, strengthen our virtual community uh, in so many ways and i mean we are representing creative industries and of course, they have a really need now to connect to others um, facing the same challenges as they are. Yes. So we are uh, programming a lot virtually, of course. Uh, mm. We are going to start uh, to activate our Slack even more. I've seen that. Yes. And um, also starting to broadcast videos and also, of course, connecting with our members, reaching out in person. Because I think 
as we have seen in the past at A-House. I think, I mean, the big social gatherings like afterworks and parties and everything, they're great. I mean, people love it and people meet and they connect and everything. But I think also that the smaller talk or the smaller circle of people is also really important to connect on a deeper level. Oh, yeah. So we're really working on that to create those forums where you feel that you can ask, you can give, you can, uh, you can learn, you can grow. Uh, this is really a period uh, where we can rethink what our business models and how we do things to come yes. up stronger and stronger together. And it's really um, unfortunate circumstances, <laughs> but I believe like having, being forced into this and doing this work will really bolster the organization in large. So having to focus now on the digital part for a while and then combining that with the physical part that you're already so good at, it just feels like it will be so much better even coming out of this. And you mentioned these uh, smaller circles. I'm uh, lucky enough to be part of one, yeah. uh, a circle. Yes. yes. Our innovation book club. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you call it? Book club? A circle. Uh, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a book club because we will read a piece before every meeting. But it's also, but it's not really only a book club because I think for me, at least personally, I get a lot of new ideas on leadership, innovation, uh, yes. AI, and also the meeting in the, in the circle. We have people from larger companies, but also from small companies and different perspectives. Different industries, some work yeah. with physical products, some exactly. work with digital products. Some in service. It's really a great initiative. Yeah, I, I really love it. Yesterday, we had a digital one, yeah. which I unfortunately missed. Yeah. Uh, would you mind recapping us? What was the conversation about? And <laughs> of course. <laughs> what did you learn? Yeah, so we read a piece uh, on the future of uh, organizations, um, really from the Boston Consulting Group. Yes. And uh, um, it was really interesting. I took with me uh, what they were talking about was really about imagination and organization's ability to uh, compete in the pace of um, uh, of learning really uh, in the or in the rate of learning I mean yeah uh, they were also talking a lot about scheduling reflection yes and I think that is so super interesting because um, in our daily life uh we really are in a fast pace and we are really used to just solve things, participate in endless meetings, going through overwhelming yeah. inboxes. And yes. now that is really replaced with time for reflection. And I think that can really be a time to find new creative solutions and, well, to completely new problems, problems yeah. we didn't even know that we were facing. And we need to make sure to use this time. Yes, um, it sounds like an opportunity to truly learn. Yes. You're not just trying to check things you off. Love that. Yes, <laughs> when you go from just trying to check things off your list or just trying to stamp in because you're supposed to stamp in, and you were talking about leadership, uh, yeah. or you said the the main part of the conversation was about leadership. 
Yeah. And we've spoken about that, like um, great leadership being encouraging self-leadership. Yeah. So if you're giving time to reflect, yeah. you're giving that person the time to understand the actual problem themselves. Yeah. And be, because that, that, uh, that chance or that space to understand the problem is something they'll be able to carry with them. And now they know the actual solution to that rather than just asking for a quick fix. Mm. They can carry with that solution and probably use it in some other situation to solve another problem. Mm. That's probably where you find a lot of innovation power. I think so too. And I mean, since we don't physically meet now, we really need to nurture self-leadership and self-motivation and also reflection in our teams so that they can... uh, Uh, use the experience they have and try to come up with even better solutions to to um, on how to proceed oh yeah and in, in our community we have a few principles and one of them is to share problems not just solutions mm. and now it's really the time to reach out and uh, help each other out and talk about the problems or challenges that we have that also yes. reaching out to competitors, connect and network with uh, with them and with other leaders. Um, and I think um, that will um, strengthen the community at large. I love that. Yeah, I love uh, that. That's, that's really great ideas. And how have you have a fantastic staff? There's a fantastic crew working at A House. Yes. How has things changed there for you and, and in your leadership? Well, I think it's really challenging this to moving everything online. Of course. I mean, it's completely new to me. And since I'm a very curious person, I take this time to trying to get better at it. Um, But it's uh, it's really challenging. But we have such a great team. So it's really for them that we are working hard because these are challenging times for event venues i mean we saw yeah. uh, a decrease i mean of course everything was cancelled from one day to another yes i mean we had fully booked spring everything was cancelled uh, obviously and um uh, so i mean we will be like everyone else we will be heavily affected by this so um in our leadership i think we need to be very clear on that. I mean, it's uh, uh, it's something that we all face, and but with, at the same time, we cannot panic. We no. have to just find our way through this together, and also we cannot plan um, too far ahead because we get new information every oh, day. Yes, you have to be adaptable and agile. Yes, it's real about a transformative leadership, and I think. Um, Uh, I think that is very um, good for all leaders to get through this kind of period to stress what we uh, really need to focus on and what we what is important in our work life, but also in uh, our life at large. I mean, the relationship, the networks, the connecting, the community will be even more important. I'm really liking that you're focusing on on the positive stuff. So. In worst case, it's a great learning experience. <laughs> yes. And in best case, it, it will actually drive us to be better. Yeah. And on the positive note, like looking forward, uh, what do you believe or what do you see as the future of co-working? 
what is the future of co-working? I think we will see even more spaces opening. And I think uh, due to the crisis, I think it will um, co-working will get even stronger because what we offer is really more flexibility. And mm-hmm. in times of uncertainty, company, it's harder for companies to predict where they are going to be in, uh, in three years, for example. And oh, yeah. I mean... Um, Traditional um, leases are usually uh, you have to sign up for several years, and at uh, a co-working space you don't need to. So I oh, think yeah. uh, the flexibility of co-working in times of uncertainty and crisis is a good thing. So I think we will see more of them, but I think also a lot of them will be struggling. We have to get through the worst um, scenario first, oh, or yes. the first, uh, the worst. Um, times first so but surviving the the really hard times there's a possibility of more companies realizing that we need to be more flexible yeah and that's maybe talking about larger organizations i've been looking a lot into like the gig economy and the freelance type of workers yeah and i can see more people realizing that i'm not that safe as i thought i was working at the larger larger organization mm-hmm. or just like i have this i could i might as well become a freelancer and control my en- environment work environment more and with that i think co-working is the obvious alternative yeah for people working yeah, like that yeah because you can get new you will strengthen your network, you will get new opportunities. So I think that is really good. But at the same time, uh, it's extremely hard for freelancers these days. And the, yes. I mean, people are really suffering in the gig economy. And I think that uh, the government needs to do so much more for people that are self-employed. And um, yes. I mean, we are we are predicting that the free the gig economy will grow but of course they need to i mean they, they survive they need to survive and it's not so safe in these times because they are so affected immediately definitely and what i hope there as well is that this period uh, helps us realize that and set in place i was talking to alok alstrom who's the founder of app jobs yeah and we're talking about like how novel all of this is and how we're in quite an immature state of our understanding of the gig economy Mm. and we haven't really put systems in place to manage situations like this or proactively uh, be able to manage uh, situations like this no but hopefully this drives us to implementing more of that yeah Yeah, and i think that is also really uh, depending on the size of the company of course bigger companies should be more um should be more prepared for this kind of situations but for startups and freelancers yeah. it's really hard to be prepared yeah. <laughs> for every uh, every imaginable scenario it's uh, one day at a time it's really one day at a time and <laughs> uh, but of course this has opened everyone's eyes and we will have to make plans on how to handle this kind of situations in the future for sure that's very good. And to uh, take us out, what are you eager to learn more about within the near future? Um, well, I'm really working now on um, on uh, on a shift 
I would say, yeah. in, in, in how I see things. Because I've been told that I'm really trigger happy. <laughs> I wish, okay. as we talked about before, I, I like to check my lists, feel that I've, I've done things um, to feel um, to feel that, that, that the day has been completed. Uh, and this year I will really practice uh, resilience instead of efficiency. Do you mm. understand what I mean? I, I, I think I understand what you mean. Um, the way I have, or like how I reflect over that is I divide like my, my time, my day or whatever I do, I divide it into input and output. Mm. So it sounds That's like good. you've been focusing a lot on output, just outputing stuff. Yeah. And then also creating time for input, Definitely. like if it's reading, reflecting and these more um, slow uh, types of working. Yeah, exactly. And that's really where the reflection comes in. Yes. Uh, this slow type of rethinking, ima- reimagining. Uh, and that takes, of course, so much more time. It's harder than the yes. efficiency. Uh, but I think in the long run, that will also deepen relationships and taking and I mean taking extra care of what is really important in in my life uh, so I think it's uh, it's of course professionally but also personally yeah uh, that sounds like a really good goal and I think I mean I mean I can laugh at myself because I can see I mean weekends I feel that they are fulfilled if I have cleansed out by wardrobe or something completely yeah. unnecessary <laughs> because I'm like yes, yes I've done it <laughs> and now instead to really shift my focus to to being able to relax in not doing anything, just yes. being with people that I love. And I, I guess you can connect that to like human nature and why yeah. it, it, it's <laughs> hard for some people to invest like the long term investment. Yeah. Because you're not seeing the the check right now. You're not seeing the, the check, checkbox now. The checkbox, exactly. It's put up to the future. So it's uh, maybe switching that mindset. Mm. Wow, great goal. Great, uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks. great goal. I'll, I'll get share back to you on how it's going. Yes, <laughs> yes and share your tactics. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to put up my strategy for it. Thank you very much, too. I'm looking forward to the um, Ask Me Anything with A House on yes, Friday. Yes, on Friday. Thank you we're going to ask you me. everything. Yes. Yes, I so look forward to it. Thank you so much for taking this call. Thank you so much. Take care and stay safe. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Learnability Podcast. And we hope you're safe wherever you are in the world. As mentioned, please get in touch with any questions or thoughts. You can actually send me an email directly at innocent at learnability.online or visit learnability.online. And you'll find the details there. Until next time, stay curious.